0: hola and welcome to the beauteous me podcast a relatable and authentic space for all tune in as we share stories of triumph resiliency and healing we do this all while finding its inner beauty my name is jamili whitfield and the journey begins now Hi guys, welcome back for another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. I am so excited to bring another fellow Latina here on board so that we can have an intense conversation. She's gonna snatch your edges because we're gonna talk about anger, anger. Anger, guys, it's something that people like to avoid or shun upon, but I think we have to kind of get real with this. So, Nixalee, welcome to the beautious Me podcast. I'm so happy you're here. Guys, let me give you a background on who she is. Nixalee Leonardo was born and raised in New York City by immigrant parents, along with her older brother and younger sister. She is a wife and mother of two precious children. She is a licensed clinical social worker, like me, CBT therapist, published author, and the owner of Practical Online Therapy, LLC. She has over 10 years of experience helping clients with anger management, depression, anxiety, PTSD, ADHD, parenting, and interpersonal skills. And Nixley just released a recent book on the 15th of February. And I'm excited for us to kind of talk about it. Nixley, welcome to the Beauty Me podcast. So happy that you are here. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yay. Excited. So tell us your story. Tell me what inspired you to write this CBT book. CBT, guys, if, if you don't know, and I know I've talked about it in other episodes, it's cognitive behavioral therapy, but this is really centered on anger management. So tell us about your story and what inspired you to be here.
1: Uh, So, yeah, I mean, anger, I grew up around a lot of anger, you know, just seeing it in school, uh, seeing it with family members. Uh, so, and I grew up around people, uh, you know, some people who, who had mental illnesses as well, uh, PTSD, um, as well as, um, uh, uh, what is it, um, the uh, TBI, a traumatic brain injury.
0: Yeah.
1: And, um, you know, seeing, I grew up in Catholic school, actually, but like- there were, were kind <laughs> of, <laughs> hold on,
0: hold on, where did I you mean, go? Like, where did you go? It was in Corona in Queens. Okay, was, so all right. yeah. right. I'm from, I'm from we Washington were, Heights, so we probably- would Washington be. Heights, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. So you know, there were fights there um, pretty often, and I, I remember that. I remember, you know, it just even just in the subway uh, as a young adult, you know, just seeing fights take place. Like, you know, just I have so many memories. City, it's just right? every New anger, New yeah, City. exactly. Yeah. Just growing up in New York City, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, so so anger is a really, I think, important topic to uh, to write about. So I was very excited to write this book. Um, it just, it's, it's hard. There's so many programs for anger management, so many books, uh, wow. you know, or people go to individual therapy. There's just so many things, but still it's, it's so hard to, for people to overcome their anger because anger is just rooted in, there's just so many other issues I come up is not just anger, there's anger, and then there are underlying issues, there are just, there's depression, there's anxiety, yeah. there's PTSD, you know, post traumatic stress disorder, there's just so much, uh, sometimes it's there's something going on in the brain, because maybe there was some sort of head trauma, head injury. Um, so yeah, so because of that, I just I felt inspired to to write this book.
0: Yeah. I, I think it's important that you bring it back to what's underneath it. Right. One thing that I, I do in therapy is the anger iceberg. And I'm sure you you do that as well, where it's just like, what is underneath the iceberg? What is really right. causing these feelings? And it's important to talk about it. Like there's shame, there's sadness, there's depression, there's worry, there's, you know, self-esteem issues, all these little things like in the bottom, you know, are creating mm-hmm. this iceberg of anger and you know, what I really liked about your book, and I want you to share some things about it, is that you also provide affirmations. So it's just, Mm -hmm. it's almost as if it's permission to understand that there's a story behind your anger, but there's also healing behind it.
1: Absolutely. Healing is, is a huge part of anger management. It's not just changing the way you behave, but it's really targeting what is underneath that iceberg, just what's really causing the anger so that you can actually heal and, you know, it's just, sure, you can learn techniques, all you want to learn. But if you don't really target what the underlying emotions are, it's still going to keep coming up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what are some misconceptions that people have about anger? it's uh,
1: a good question. See, so um, <laughs> um, I think that maybe a lot of people think that anger is... It's a, a choice. It's that people just kind of choose. They're just angry people. Like yeah. or first, first of all, because people think that it's a choice like you choose to be angry. You can just choose to not be so angry or so aggressive. Right? right. And then other, other people, you know, feel that this is just who I am. I'm just, I've always been an angry person. Right. So, I mean, it could go either way, but I, I, I do see those, uh, those common beliefs. Um, neither of them is true. I mean, the, you, you become angry and you and, and anger itself by the way also this is another misconception mm-hmm. actually that anger um, is is a problem anger is a bad thing mm-hmm. anger itself is actually not a bad thing mm-hmm. the problem is what you do with it how you manage your anger mm-hmm. because anger can, can drive you to do positive things it can drive you to you know start a protest right. a, a peaceful protest right start uh you know just advocate for the things that are wrong in the society <clears throat> so Anger absolutely can be healthy. Um, the problem is when it becomes, and also it can be it can be appropriate in a situation where your life or safety is actually in danger. Mm. Um, anger is appropriate. If somebody is trying to rob you or hurt you, then it's appropriate to feel angry and become aggressive as a result. Um, It's just not appropriate when you're becoming aggressive and you just feel threatened. Usually it's an emotional threat that people feel, um, but there's no actual like a physical threat.
0: Yeah. Let's talk about the fight or flight or freeze response when something is happening. And usually with anger, you know, and you definitely noted that in your book and guys, we're going to post where you can. Purchase it. And especially if you're a clinician listening to this, you have to get it. I think the tools that you've shared. But, anyways, I'm giving up away too much. <laughs> but let's talk about the fight, flight, or freeze technique and how um, some of that can transition into anger.
1: So, yeah. So, basically, what happens is when we feel threatened. Um, In some way, whether it's uh, usually it's physical threat. So back in the day when people weren't really in touch with their emotions, it was just very much, you know, people lived in the woods or whatnot. And you saw an animal in the woods, you saw a bear or a lion or something, you would your body would respond to that. So your what gets activated is the, it's the sympathetic uh, nervous system, which is also known as the fight, flight, or freeze uh, system. And so either you're ready to fight this animal, maybe you have a weapon, so maybe you'll fight it and, you know, eat it, I guess, or whatever, but, um, you know, or you might, uh, be too scared. You're not, you know, you're not ready to fight it. So you'll, fl- you'll flee away. So it's flying, you know, fleeing away or whatnot, which is the flight part. Um, or you may freeze, uh, you know, you may just completely be so scared that you can't do anything and your, your body's not able to move. Um, so, uh, how that relates to anger is when people feel angry, usually they're feeling, it's usually because of an emotional threat. Um, so somebody says, somebody makes a comment and, um, they're not physically in danger. You're, you're not physically in danger if, if somebody else makes a, co- a comment that is offensive, uh, but something emotional there is at stake. So a person uh, maybe makes a joke mm-hmm. about, um, abandonment or something, and maybe, you know, that is. Something that you've struggled with, that you've all maybe you have felt abandoned as a child, or something like that, or maybe a partner left you, abandoned you in a relationship, or something. Um, so you've experienced those traumas, and now that is a sensitive spot for you. So somebody makes a joke about that, then you may you're, you're you you may feel angry as a result because you feel like you're being threatened in some way. Like maybe your partner jokes about leaving or something, you know, and then that it's funny to them, but not to you, because you actually have this fear. So the fear is activated and your body is actually responding to this as if there's a bear in front of you, like as if you just encountered some sort of dangerous animal. Um, and so then as a result, people tend to kind of become aggressive. So that's mm-hmm. the fight. That's that's where anger becomes a problem because you become aggressive. Yes.
0: So So, t- you know, Next, Ali, just even seeing it in my own practice, um, even at work with, you know, the clients that I work with, even with staff, um, some people can get stuck, so stuck in that anger phase. It's like a vicious cycle. Like they just can't get out of it. It's like you wronged me and I have to hold on to this and I have to be angry all the time. And and why I say have to, right? Because um, they feel like they have to, but it's also a choice it's also mm-hmm. a choice. Um so can we just kind of get into that because I, it, it's something that we see more and more and you and I we both grew up grew up in the city. Yes. You're 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 on the train. Everyone has this face. It's like I joke about it, but I'm like the minute I get on the train, I got like my little hood face. Like you have to like just kind of squint your have like this attitude and this cuz you know, you're also protecting yourself cuz so many crazy things are happening. So it's like you got to hold your purse a certain way. You got to headphones a certain mm-hmm. way like you your whole pop just has to like kind of switch off switch on. I mean, you know, when, when you're on the train, cause it's like, you got to go on that protective mode. So if somebody looks at you, somebody does this thing, it's like, you have to be like, what, you know, like ready. because <laughs> you they're like on protective mode. You walk down in the city and it's true. Like just, I think we could joke about it cause we're from New York. Other people are like New York people are mean. i it. There's a reason why, you know, like the, the, there's like this protective factor. But it's it's besides the protective factor, because we could have like that mean little bop, right? When you walk in, it's like that protection. It's how long it lingers and how long it like continues to translate in every other aspect in our life. And I think it's it's a valuable conversation to have because there's so many people who get so stuck, so stuck in that space. Yep.
1: Definitely. I, I, a lot of people get stuck because that's usually it's because that's all they've known. Sometimes it's because a really traumatic experience happened, like their safety was in danger in some way. And so that actually, because of the the post-traumatic stress disorder that developed after that, or it could just be um, a, a brain injury uh, to the frontal lobe, mm-hmm. um, which is the, the frontal lobe is the, the part of the brain that is responsible for decision-making, um, you know, kind of controlling impulses, things like that. So, um because of that, because of those, there are different reasons that people kind of end up being that way. But a lot of the times people hold on to it because this is what they know. Mm-hmm. Maybe they grew up with parents and this is just what's normal to them, just being angry all the time. Yeah. Um, they're not aware of it. A lot of people aren't aware that they're they're constantly with their shoulders tense and, you know, reacting with every little, any little thing that somebody says, any comment that a person might make their reactions, people may not even be realizing that.
0: Yes. Yes, absolutely. I think it's important to point that out. And and we don't see that is that your environment can contribute to that. If you're just like always in this, this environment that exudes anger all the time, this is what you're showing. This is what you're used to. Um, Besides, and I'm glad that you keep bringing up traumatic brain injury because I think we also, always tend to forget that that can cause disturbances and changes in our, in how we function on a day to day. So I'm glad that you did bring that up, but that, that environment piece is also poignant in, um, us being able to see people differently. Like I always say, you know, look at someone as to what happened to you, not what's wrong with you. Um, kind of lets people's like shoulders, like kind of come down, you know? So, (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing that. So let's talk about behavioral change for self-improvement. Why is behavioral change important in people wanting to change, improve upon themselves, um, change the trajectory of where their life is, where they want their life to go?
1: Because it's the key to happiness, you know, Mm. Uh, everybody. Say that again. (laughs) Say that again. I love it. It really is, you know. Everybody, everybody goes through something. I, I I'm sure there's maybe a select point one percent or something that has had a really good, almost what do you say, perfect childhood. Like, yeah. who really, you know, I, I've never met anybody like that. But I'm sure that the people exist uh, where they're, they had really stellar parents and they had no traumatic experiences in school or just outside of the home, right? Not, not um, in New York City. But- <laughs> A Absolutely. So Yeah. So because everybody has gone through some sort of trauma and a lot of times people aren't aware that being on the subway, you know, witnessing, you know, people who are aggressive or fighting or whatnot, that that in itself is a traumatic experience. It's, it's a scary experience. People, you truly feel uh, that your life could be in danger, your safety could be in danger or the safety of others. And that could quali- qualify you for post-traumatic stress disorder uh, diagnosis. You know, people don't even realize. They just say, well, it's just a New York City. You know, it's just, this is just New York City. You know, that's just how it is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so, so yeah, I, I think um, as far as changing the way that you act that and the way that you think, those things will change your life completely. If if you can think in a more positive mindset, it's not to say that you're not going to get upset about things, right? This Life is life. Things are going to upset you. They're going to be ups and downs, of course, but it'll be less intense. These negative emotions will be less intense and less frequent. So- so and also, it's very empowering to feel that you know you yourself are able to make these changes, you know. And of course, you know sometimes sometimes people are able to do it on their own um, through just like journaling and getting self help books and things like that. And other times they you know they really could use the help of maybe friends, family, or a therapist, things like that. Uh, but you know, and it's and it does it is more helpful to instill the help of others uh, when it comes to healing and changing because people just kind of help hold you accountable. Mm-hmm. And they they can tell you also when, hey, you know, I noticed that you were, you know, you were kind of, you, you seem to be a little triggered with something, you know, if somebody who's close to you, of course, mm-hmm. can say that, too. but people just kind of can help hold you accountable. Um, so yeah, so I think for those reasons, it's important to um, just be able to make those changes in your life, so that you can live, your life in the best way possible. Yes,
0: absolutely. Next, can you walk us through? Because I think our listeners need to know some tools and techniques that they can share for themselves or with others. But you have a huge list of like, it's, it's literally a workbook, guys. You have to get the book. It's a workbook guide. It walks you through literally the 101 of anger. Yes, <laughs> the 101 of anger. How, you know, how anger impacts you, your relationships, your finances, work. Um, it has stories of people who have shared um, their successes. But, you know, let, let's, let's give them a little sneak peek, Nixily. Like, what are some tools that, that people can use right now who are sitting in anger, who are frustrated or sad about, you know, something that has happened and it, it's really impacting them?
1: So with, with anger management, I I really feel that the first step is to, I mean, first you have to believe that you're able to change. Um, you can't look at anger as part of who you are. This is just who I am. I can't change it. Um, that's number one. Number two is, um, recognizing that you don't always need to feel angry. Um, you know, that, you know, it's, it is necessary in certain situations, but it's not, it's not necessary most of the time, as long as I mean, it depends on where you live too, of course, right? Like some people live in really dangerous neighborhoods, right? Like that's a different thing. Um, but for the most part, you know, if if you're kind of around safe spaces generally, then you don't need to, to feel angry all the time or or become aggressive all the time. Um, and uh, then people need to consider looking at their adverse experiences, any experiences that they've had in their lives that have caused some sort of emotional trauma or physical trauma to physical, physical, sexual, any of that kind of trauma um, can lead to a person uh, having unhealthy anger. And I did talk about that in my book too, just kind of healthy versus unhealthy anger. Like I had mentioned earlier. Um, So uh, what else? And after, after people explore these experiences um, then they need to work on, you know, kind of trying to heal mm-hmm. from those wounds. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably the longest s- step, you know, the hardest step to heal from the wounds.
0: Um, there's relapse, and, right? There's relapse. There's, there's going to be that relapse. Absolutely. So, yeah, so just kind of um, taking steps
1: to try to heal from those wounds as much as possible. And, you know, there's relapse and also it's an, it's just an ongoing I I really feel that, you know, that kind of healing from serious traumas, emotional, physical or sexual, that that's always going to be, it's ongoing, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, it's ongoing work because something that maybe a situation that you've never encountered before, um, you know, you think that, okay, I haven't been triggered in a while, but then you encounter a situation and all of a sudden you're feeling triggered again. You you realize that it's still there, that, that pain is still there. Um, so yeah, so that's a really important piece, just kind of uh, trying to heal from those wounds and then becoming, becoming aware of, well, basically you want to become aware of your schemas too. So schema is a deep underlying belief that you have about yourself, about others, the world or the future. And that is applicable to lots of different situations. So like I, you know, maybe it could be, I'm, I'm stupid or something like, Mm -hmm. you know, it could be, that could be for you. So then, um, when you're uh, when you're in the in- job interview and uh, the interview you the interviewer um, maybe makes a face or is quiet or something, then you automatically start thinking, oh, I said something stupid. Mm-hmm. He thinks I'm stupid, right? And also in your relationship, you have a relationship and your partner uh, makes a joke about something, and automatically you feel, oh, they think I'm stupid. You know, so so that would be a person's schema, just for example. So that's another thing to explore, and that's part of CBT as well. Yeah, um, is exploring your schema, what are your deep underlying beliefs that you have? Um, once you become aware of all that, then you can um, you can you can then when situations come up, triggers come up, then you can say, okay, wait, let me question this. Like, is this? Um, excuse me, a little bit of allergies <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> So when then when situations come up, you're more aware of, okay, I need to challenge this belief. Right now, my schema is being activated, the schema of I'm stupid. Okay, is it true that I'm stupid? Actually, no. Or is it true that my partner thinks I'm stupid? My partner wouldn't be with me if I, if I was stupid. You know, I wouldn't have the job I have or I wouldn't have gotten this far in life or, you know, whatever it is. You just kind of look at the facts, um, and there's a really good tool that I have in my book called the uh, uh, CBT thought mm-hmm. record, which is a seven column chart. I don't know if I'd be able to find it quickly, but it's a it's a seven column chart um, that allows you to explore those schemas. Here it is, actually. Yeah. So just kind of there. And um, it allows you to explore your schemas. It. Basically, you would be journaling about any specific uh, event that caused that triggered a strong negative emotion. So for this in this book, it would be, of course, for anger and it allows you to explore those schemas. And then it it, it makes you take a step back to look at the evidence that proves your schema to be true and evidence that proves it to not be true. So what proves that you're stupid and what proves that you're not? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, those are just examples. And then there's, there's more to it, of course, but, um, you can, I guess, look at the book. Yeah,
0: I'm telling you, people definitely have to get this book. What I really love is that you can always keep a pulse and a temperature as to where people are in, in, as they're going chapter by chapter in doing the anger thermometer. And I think it's important. So I, people have to go and get this book, especially clinicians, like, listen, she's helping us. She's helping us. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. It's important with that is affirmations as well as the uh, temperature, the the checks all of that is important because again, it's not just change your behavior, you know, gotta get over it. This is hard stuff. And a big part of anger management, as I said, is healing from your wounds. So as you're healing from those wounds, it's going to hurt. It's going to hurt if you've had, you know, if you have a bandaid over a wound, you haven't really tried to treat it or anything, you take that bandaid off and you expose it. It's going to hurt. So this is, this is just what it is. It's, it's painful and it takes time. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's why I do have that. And I encourage people to also have like a journal on this. Side so that they can, um, in addition to this book, just kind of get a little notebook so that they can um, write about some of these, you know, any thoughts that come up, any triggers that come up as they're going through the exercises, because it's it's tough stuff. Yeah, sure.
0: it, it's absolutely tough stuff when you have to dig and dig deep. You know what I, what I say when a, a client is going to start sessions, I'm like, you got to pick and choose who's going to be your therapist. It's like, you know, going on a speed dating event, you have to see who you're comfortable with, Getting naked with and who, who you're going to show your your parts that you're not comfortable. If you got a little chicho here or a little this or a little that, you know, you got to be comfortable and be like, here we go. <laughs> this is all me. Um, And and, which is important to knowing, like, you know, who you're going to choose for therapy and who who you're going to be vulnerable with. Because when you have to share, some people are not proud to be angry. People are not proud to just show that side. A lot of people feel remorse. Like, I work with a lot of kids who also have anger issues and they feel embarrassment. They feel remorse. They feel judged, you know, just like kids with ADHD or adults with ADHD. Like, that misunderstanding is like, you don't want to get to that point, but you, but sometimes when people feel voiceless, unheard, or a a need of theirs, it's not being met it's like this is the only way that you're gonna hello like hello hello listen to me and and so people react this way because you react to the behavior but you're not reacting to the messaging like what you've been trying to kind of portray out there so you provided such amazing tools and like I said guys you have to really um you have to I didn't say you you have a choice you have to buy the book. (laughs) You have to order the book. And I, and I encourage clinicians, you know, I definitely ordered my copy, um, to have here to use in my practice because I do CBT work as well. I do TFCBT. I do the suds as a, you know, as a, as a check-in, as a check-in tool, but, um, my expertise is in anger my expertise is, is doing other things, but I think this, this workbook is helpful for me and, um, in clients that I have in working through some of that, where there's a little bit more concrete stuff that I can use in my practice, which is super helpful. So you can use it either way. You can use it for yourself. You can, you know, gift it to someone, or you can, you know, use it in your practice for, you know, whoever is listening right now. But, um, nextly you've given us such valuable tools, um, you know, for the listeners, can you leave us with one word of affirmation?
1: If you motivate, if you feel motivated to work on yourself, that motivation is enough to get you to through to what the results that you want. That's you have to believe in yourself, believe in yourself and you're going to get there.
0: I love it. I love it.
1: So where can people find you? you're you stronger than you think? You're stronger, you're stronger than, you, than, you, you, than think, you think. You know, absolutely <laughs> <laughs> people who people who are things, right? Like you're stronger than you think. Yeah. You know, you're not you're not
0: a victim, you're a survivor. Yeah. You know, so yes. Yes. So where can people find you? And where can people get this book?
1: So, I mean, the book is available wherever books are sold, so like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target, you know, wherever. Yeah. Um, but uh, my website is practicalonlinetherapy.com. So you can find me there. I'm on social media. It's, um, what is my handle? is CBT with Nixaly, uh, spelled N as in Nancy, I-X-A-L-Y. Um, and yeah, I'm on Facebook as well and Twitter and all that stuff. But
0: <laughs> that's where you can find yeah. me So, I'm going to um, tag you on Instagram. I have her Instagram, guys. I'm following her. So, when you guys see the episode get released, she'll be tagged. Um, Follow her, get all the tools and resources that you need. Nixali, it was such a pleasure spending this time with you. I'm so grateful, so humble that you provided this space. Um, for people to continue to heal. That's the point of this podcast is to provide healing, a healing space for others. And I'm so grateful that you were here to share more tools that people can use in their journey.
1: Thank you so much for having me. And it's it was uh, an honor being invited as well. I, I've listened to most of your episodes. I would say it's pretty, it's a great podcast.
0: Thank, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you guys. Tune in. Remember, follow Nixley. I will put it on the show notes. So excited to have you guys here. See you later. Beauty is me. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeautiousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag podcast for your feedback.